Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Welcome, everybody, to the Smart Connector podcast. I've got a very exciting guest for you tonight, Elliot Kay. Welcome, Elliot. Hello, hello, hello. So Elliot helps business owners and experts stand out above the noise, like a giraffe, for all the right reasons. Um, And he shows people how to use public speaking to get visible, attract more clients, stand out, and become the go-to brand in their industry. So if you have the product or service and you get great results for your clients, but what's missing is a visibility voice and finding the right speaking opportunities, Elliot is your go-to guy because you're on a mission to create 10,000 giraffes, aren't you, Elliot? I am. I am. That that is the target for the year to impact 10,000 business owners to be more giraffe. Be more giraffe. And and as you can see tonight, Elliot has actually got his amazing giraffe outfit on. Elliot, do you wear that every Thursday night? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that question. (laughs) Jane, uh, no, it's only by special request that I wear on a Thursday night. But I wore it last night for another interview and I've actually ran 10 miles in this giraffe outfit. Uh, so yes, I don't, I don't wear it all the time. I mean, I did attempt to kind of seduce my wife in the giraffe outfit <laughs> just before coming on air, but she she really wasn't interested. I, I don't know why. I, I got, really? I got so it. she said, just go and do that stupid interview. And, and no, I, I, I got the I'm tired. I got the thing, you know, I got that that just a complete brush off. Like she found it funny more than anything, you know, and I was being ridiculous. So, so that's know. why you were late for our interview. <laughs> Exactly. No, I wish <laughs> there was nothing oh. like that. Yeah. Um, I do. I do. I do want to qualify that while I'm delivering this this message in a fun way, and I'm wearing a giraffe outfit. Um, there's a very serious to- um, message behind it. So it's not look at this guy; he's the tool showing up in a giraffe outfit. Actually, the reason I wear it is to walk the walk, right? Because you know we've been working together for a while now and you know i am about being more giraffe and the whole idea is that as a as a person as a as a brand as a business as a speaker that you stand above the rest that you stick your neck out and you're heard for the right reasons and sometimes to get the point across i need to walk the walk so you know if i'm going to talk about being more giraffe sometimes i need to show up more giraffe and that's what it is so i've done loads of talks in this giraffe outfit now and it's a great icebreaker, but there is a serious message behind it. So I just want to qualify that, that people don't think this is just a joke, because it's not. It's actually very serious, the work I do, delivered in a fun way. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a really interesting point that you make, because some people think, oh, you know, that's a bit silly, turning up in a giraffe onesie. But it's memorable, isn't it? People aren't going to forget you, are they? No. And this is what's really interesting, because I do a lot on Clubhouse, right? I'm there every day. Uh, we've got our, well, now it's in, we've got our own club and people remember me as the giraffe. People love the Be More Giraffe. And, you know, it's really opened doors and it's really got people talking and it's memorable. But it, I believe it's memorable for the right reasons, right? Because you can be memorable for the wrong reasons. 
and it breaks the ice. And actually, people find it very approachable. Very. And now, you know what? I'll tell you a little story, Jane. Okay. This guy came in the clubhouse, really cool guy. He comes in pretty much every time I go live. He runs an agency in America. He supplies speakers to universities in America. Great guy, right? David Stallman. Um, and Simone knows him very well. And um, he goes, Elliot, listen, I, I'm, I'm not impressed with you. I'm like, David, why not? And this is in a club room, right? He's like, you know, you almost got me banned from Disney. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you almost got me banned from Disney. I'm like, how? He's like, well, there was a Disney, uh, there was a Disney, there was a giraffe called Elliot, and I was leaning over to take a picture, and I dropped my phone in the cage, and so I go into loads of trouble, and it's your fault that every time <laughs> I see a giraffe, let alone a giraffe called Elliot, I had to take a picture. So it's your fault I almost got banned from, <laughs> from uh, Disney. I'm like, oh, okay, so it's not really, really my fault. Hi, Alex. Hi, Dan. Um, so, and people now tag me and, and, you know, when they see giraffes, they'll send me pictures and, you know, and that's the thing as a brand, really, you want, you want to kind of occupy a, a part in people's brain for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what I'm liking about this. And considering kind of the Be More Giraffe was only really born October last year. So it's not something that I've been peddling for months, um, you know, for years even. I'm very excited where it could go because also the, the new book I'm writing is going to be center around Be More Giraffe as well. Mm. Yeah, I love it. By the way, did you know that there was a giraffe called Elliot in the world, in, in America, or did this come as a complete surprise? It was a complete surprise. You know, here's the thing. I, I haven't got an obsession with giraffes. I don't <laughs> know the different types of giraffes. I, I, You know, I'm not like, oh, there's this giraffe and this giraffe. I like, I just <laughs> grabbed the concept so I don't know all the giraffes in the world, let alone, but at least I know there's one called Elliot in, that almost got David banned from Disney. So, you know, <laughs> at least I'm kind of like in the mold of being more giraffe. And then apparently he had to explain to his children why he was trying to take oh. a picture of a giraffe called Elliot. And then he's like, then I had to explain the whole being more giraffe concept to my children. So your legacy lives on. Oh, so it's like, yes, it's, it's, it's exciting times for giraffes right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, Elliot, let's get on to this really interesting topic of standing out for the right reasons as opposed to standing out for the wrong reasons. So yeah. what I'd really like to do is, um, first of all, start with standing out for the wrong reasons. What What would you not want to be standing out for? So what traps do people fall into? that you would be able to steer them away from? Fabulous question. I think the the key things that people get wrong, and again, this is, of course, it's subjective, and a lot of this is my opinion, so I just want to qualify that. I think, you know, it's very hard to recover from a bad reputation, right? So you don't want to be stand out. You don't want to stand out and be known for the wrong reasons, that your brand isn't authentic, you're not congruent, you don't deliver on your promises, um, you lie on stage, you mislead people. I think those are all that that isn't giraffe, that is ostrich, right? Where, you know, you need to bury your head in the sand big time. So that is one thing I definitely you should not be known as. I think it's very easy to ruin a reputation in the world we're in. And people these days are they're wise. You can make a statement and people can check you out. They can verify you very easily. And those who are savvy will do it. And if there's one inkling of incongruency, someone picks that up and plasts it everywhere. Yeah. So those are the kind of things you don't want to get known for. Yeah. 
Right. I get that. Definitely. Yeah. Because that's bad business. And that, yeah. is, not, that is not giraffe. That is yeah. more like, um, I'm trying to think of a really horrible animal. I can't think of one right now. Give me a really bad animal. Um, that's cockroach. <laughs> cockroach. No, you definitely don't want to be thought of as a cockroach, do you? They're no, definitely not. No, no, no. no. Or so, a rat. A rat. Or a rat. Yeah, rat there we go. A rat, cockroach. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, those are things you definitely, definitely, definitely don't want to do. And, you know, a lot of people end up doing that even if their intention's really good. And I think a lot of that happens is because they follow certain people and that's how certain people do things. And that kind of like normalizes it. Yeah. And then as a result, they end up doing it like, well, I wasn't doing anything wrong. That's just how I was trained. It's like, yeah. well, you know, yeah. And I think that's, that's really in certain industries, a problem that it's normalized. Yeah. You know, that it's made okay. And I'm like, yeah. no, it's not because in other professions, you get done for fraud, you would get done for stealing, you would get done for cheating. Uh, and, and, and in other professions, it just happens and it's the norm and it's terrible. It really is. And as you said, lies are endemic. And I, you know, I have another business in property and I've been to some property training. And in that sector, a lot of Ooh. people do tell lies. They definitely do all the time. And yes. uh, it's absolutely endemic. And I think it still is. It's just one of those industries where there are people, I was speaking to somebody about it today, people on the fringes who are they're, they're criminals, you know, or they're semi-criminals that, you know, they... they Sociopaths. They, they are, yes, exactly. Um, and as you said, what happens is um, those kind of people attract people like them. And I think you, if you're a good person and if you go out there with and show up with integrity, then you tend to attract those kind of people as well. So that's another good reason to be more giraffe, isn't it? Because if you're going out there and being a truthful, honest, upright, you know, good person, then you will attract those people into your world, won't you? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I do think that sometimes as a result of being authentic, being real, being honest, being congruent, you know, it can appear that growth is slower because it does appear that those who cheat lie and do all the horrible stuff that we're talking about seem to get there faster but i tell you one thing they look over their shoulder a lot more and they're a lot lonelier and they're a lot more anxious even if they're sociopaths right and yeah. i know a few that are and i know you and i know some, some a lot of the same people um yeah. it is not it is not a nice life yes they might have money i mean there's no taking yes they might have a lot of things that a lot of us aspire to but i tell you what there is a lot of them are paranoid. A lot of them are very isolated. A lot of them are very lonely and they can't trust anyone. Um, so by you showing up, being real, being authentic, being true to who you are, true to your values, truly wanting to serve, you can make a ton of money doing that. There is plenty of money to go around. You can make millions and millions by showing up exactly who you are. And that is being more giraffe these days, by the way. Um, and and you can still achieve what you need to achieve. It might not be as quick, but do you know what? It'd be worth it, and your legacy will be better. I'll tell you a quick story, Jane, if I may. Mm -hmm. I, mem I remember years ago, I was talking to one of my mentors. I, I tend to stick to mentors. I'm not one of the jumps from mentor to mentor. So one mentor I had for seven years, the other mentor I had for five. Um, I've had other mentors along. I'm quite loyal to my mentors. And I remember I was gearing up to a launch of something, and I said to him, look, when do we get pushy on sales? When do I start to really push the sales? And then he said to me, Elliot, 
the moment you want to lose your reputation. And oh, like, wow. Okay. That was like, truth bomb, drop the mic. Wow. And that really stuck with me. He said, the moment you start to have to push sales, the moment you become pushy with sales is the moment you'll lose your reputation. Wow. Wow. That's very, very wise. That is so, that is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It really changed a lot about, well, definitely changed how I was approaching the launch at the time. Um, And it, it really got me to think like, why would I need to push sales? Uh, yeah. And I know it's okay, you know, and it's okay to push people, you know, to make a decision, but not necessarily in a pushy way. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, you know, I talk about this a lot as well, Elliot, that the time has gone when uh, pushy and salesy really worked, I think, because the world is too transparent and there's been too much of that in certainly in entrepreneurial circles. And I definitely, I, well, as I said, I totally agree with you that it's um it's really more about inspiring people isn't it these days and um you know giving them a vision that they buy into um and a, a fresh possibility for their life yeah i think you know especially with what's gone on for the last year and thank you for that comment alex by the way i wish it was my wisdom i guess it is my wisdom now but <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know um I think because what's happened in the last 12 months, 13 months, and, you know, I think everybody's still holding their breath quite a bit, right, is people are really craving connection. They're craving community. They're really, a they want authenticity. They want their leaders to be real. They want people that are guiding them to shine the light, but to be real people. And I think, you know, because of what's happened in the last 12 months, we feel very betrayed. I mean, even if you think that, especially in the UK, that the government's done a great job, there's so many aspects that people still feel betrayed, right? Yeah. Um, and I think people have craved connection. They've craved community. They've craved um, people caring for them. And yeah. I think that goes back to where you're at. And, and the guys that have thrived in this, in the last 12 months, are the people that have done that. They've connected with their communities. They've served their communities. They've been real about it. And therefore, they, they're going to do very well when we come out of this. Why, why has Clubhouse done so well, right? Whether you love it or hate it, right? It's not even a year old. And it's, it's, it's worth a billion dollars, right? It's been valued. And it's not even gone onto the stock market. Why has it done so well? Because it offers instant connection. It offers a global community, right? And that's what people have been craving. Plus, you can do it in your pajamas and no one knows what you look like because there's no camera. So then it gives that whole other layer that you have to look good, wear giraffe outfits. You can just have that in your picture. So that's the reason why Clubhouse, when it came out, it just exploded and it's still going bigger. And soon they're going to like open it up. And I feel that's a big reason why Clubhouse has done so well. And if you are going to be more giraffe and you are going to stand out and you are going to truly serve an audience, You've got to truly come from that, you know, shining the light, but not in a glory guru. I'm I'm the messiah to the entrepreneurs in the world. No, it's like, look, I have something that's going to help change your life. Uh, and I'm going to share that with you because I 
truly care about this community. Sure, it's okay to charge. It's okay to make money. It's okay to do all that. I'm, I'm not one to go, no, you've got to help, but not making money. Oh, no, that's not the way to do that. I'm not about that, right? And I don't, you know, you can make a lot of money too, as long as the intention behind that is real, is true, and is of service. I mean, today we did a room about what does it take to be an elite speaker? Like, what is it about elite speakers? Like, because we did what we call a, a mindset reset. Yeah. And all the big speakers in the room who had huge followings, who had done big, big gigs, we're talking people who've done stadiums, talked about the number one thing you need to do to be an elite speaker is serve first. And these are people that pay, get paid hundreds of thousands of pounds to speak. And they're all going, they're not talking about the skill at this point. Of course, you need that. They're not talking about storytelling. Of course, you need that. They're not talking about, they're talking, no, you come from service first. You, you have a purpose. You have a passion. You have a reason for standing on stage. That is the number one starting point. Then you hone your craft. You hone your skill. And that's what makes you world class. Anyway, I've been talking a lot, Jane. I'll be quiet. Oh, no, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that, Elliot. And it's really great to to hear, you know, the, what, what those, as you said, world-class speakers are saying about service. I think it's just so powerful. Um, and I think for me, that is also the difference between people who are world-class and people who are just also RANDs, because also RANDs, they, they measure what they're giving and they hold back, they withhold and, um, and they're calculated about it. And they come across as mean-spirited. And I yeah. think the people with really big hearts who, as you said, they put service first, they're the leaders of this world, aren't they? And yeah. that's the reason why they become those, those world-class number one speakers, because leaders would never consider doling out little bits of wisdom here and there, because yeah. that's not what they're all about. So it, it is... Is world-class speaking really also about world-class leadership, I guess, is yes. the question. 100%. A hello, Facebook user. I can't see your name. <laughs> hello, hello. Um, no, absolutely. And, you know, the reason I love working with entrepreneurs and I love working business owners, you know, it really buzzes me when I sit there and I'm, like, working with an investor on their signature talk or I work with a CEO on their signature talk and I see the transformation because I know that person's going to go and impact an industry like that. Just that gets my juices going. I'm like, whoa! I, you know, I come off the sessions and my wife is like, "Oh my god, you're all buzzing and bouncing anywhere. You must have had a great session." And that's me. And um, because I believe leadership, entrepreneurs are the real leaders, right? Not to discount politicians; they have their role. Okay, um, I have nothing against politicians or politics, but I believe that entrepreneurships, you know, entrepreneurship moves faster. It influences quicker and it lasts longer. And, you know, I don't want to discount the achievement of some amazing politicians, but I'd rather spend my time working with people looking to reinvent the system, reinvent an industry, reinvent ways of doing things more efficiently and better that truly come because they care about a problem than someone that's playing the system. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's the difference for me. And that's why I see if we look at a lot of the people that we look up to, especially in the space we're in, you know, a lot of them are entrepreneurs. Uh, whether you like them or not, like, you know, if you look at Elon Musk, who's currently disrupting like eight industries, right? He's really only known for two, but he's disrupting eight. When his mission is to save the human race, you're operating on a completely different level. 
you know, and I love what about Elon Musk. It's like yes is a yes, a maybe is a yes, and a no is a delayed yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> and that's how he functions. It's like you know, there is no no with him. Um, plus, he's he's incredible. Obviously, his mind works in a, a completely incredible way. But again, there's so many entrepreneurs, and there are also entrepreneurs you don't know about. They're doing some great stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I completely with you that you know, it's leadership. Standing on stage, being of service is leadership. Probably the number one thing of great leaders is to be of service. And then we can look at that historically. They've been of service to a cause, to a community, uh, and sometimes to a nation, right? So, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, absolutely. And you think about some of the great speakers like Martin Luther King, for example. Uh, you know, pe people, speakers like that, that have literally, you know, they've moved the whole world. Um and they they are just um, they they don't think about am I going to be liked? Is everybody going to like me? Do they? They just think I stand for justice. I stand for truth. And I think that is what's so exciting and so powerful about the best speakers uh, is is that they are so much themselves and that they put uh, purpose and passion and people before profit or their own selfish motives and. That's, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's a great comment there, Alex. I can't quite read it all right now because I'm also listening to Jane speaking, but I think you're saying <laughs> some great stuff there. But no, it's, I mean, again, if you take Martin Luther King and you take some of the, the greats, the Gandhis and the people, they were absolutely of service to a cause. And it was a cause that was greater than them. You know, there's a lot of kind of like, was Martin Luther King a nice guy? You know, did he have a good life and stuff? You know, I'm not going to go into that because, A, I don't really know. But what I, when you look at his legacy and you look at his dedication to a cause and what he was willing to tolerate and suffer for something that he didn't even really get to see in his lifetime, you know, that is true service, Gandhi, true service. I mean, we, we can come up with lots of, of those examples, but what a lot of them understood is if you play the system, it's going to be slow. But if you disrupt the system... Uh, it's going to come with a price, but it'll be worth it. And again, that is, again, true leadership. And if you think of even people of the last 20 years that jumped to mind, those are people that are truly dedicated to a cause and also understand that they might never see what they've put into action. So, you know, going back to Martin Luther King, his last kind of sermon, I've seen the promised land. He knew what was going to happen. You know, he, he when he finished that, he sits down, he almost faints. Because he, he knew the next day, he, they say that he knew he was going to get shot. He knew right. he was not going to see his legacy, right? Again, we, we're not going to get into conspiracy theories. But you just watch his last sermon and you know he's saying goodbye. Um, but he knew that what he had started was worthwhile and if he had to give up his life, he had to give up his life. And that is service, right? Uh, you know, unfortunately, the world we live in today is still very divided. There's a lot of racial equality. And I mean, I don't think there's an excuse for it anymore. You know, and I think as people, I don't want to go down the race route right now, but I just think, again, if we're going to be more giraffe, then we've got to stand for something that's for the betterment of humanity. Yeah. Uh, and whatever that is, whether that be the environment, whether that be, you know, sustainability, whether that be, you know, bringing people together. But it's got to be done in a way that is ecological and is real and is balanced. And when you're standing on stage and you're of service and you're passionate and you're real and you're authentic and there's a cause you're fighting for, you know, that's going to that's gonna make you more giraffe versus you delivering the same content that everyone else is talking about. 
Channing the sand. That's vanilla. That's that's again, that's ostrich. Put your head in the sand, okay? Everyone's saying that, but you know, you might look at me, some of you might jump on your podcast and go, Oh, this dude is wearing giraffe outfit. But you know what? If that's what it takes to stand out for you to listen, to go, what is he on about? And I'm not interested if you like me or not. I mean it'd be nice, but if I can land a message, right, and get you to think differently, then I'm I'm good. You know, I'm good with yeah. that. Amazing, amazing. So uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, um, Elliot, is as an entrepreneur, obviously, we've all got businesses. We've got we want to share the potential of our business with our audience. So we don't want to drift too far, do we? For example, there's lots of causes that I care about. Um, but I also want to get attention for my business and for my business offer. So how do entrepreneurs get it right and be giraffe without being vanilla, I guess, is the question. So how can we dedicate ourselves to a cause without being distracted? Is that what you're asking? No, I'm I'm asking if if we have uh you know if we want to stand out, if we have a business um that we want to um we want to speak and we want to talk about our business and the potential of our business as opposed to just being a cause that we want to uh you know the world to get behind. Um how do we do that without being boring? How do we do that without being vanilla? How do we inject that kind of excitement uh, into talking about our business? Well, first things first, you you work with me, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> but of for course. those who don't, <laughs> I think there's several things you really need to fine tune, right? In all seriousness, I think you really need to fine tune your core message, like your brand core message. And to make sure that it lands on your ideal clients on a regular basis and, and your ideal market. And that means reinvention on a regular basis. It means speaking the language of your ideal client, right? What a lot of people kind of do, they go, oh, look at my brand, my brand message. It's a logo. It's a nice website. It's something far greater than that. It's what is being said when you're not in the room. It's, it's something that stands without a website or a logo. And I think once you can fine tune that and you, you get it to land. So what you want your clients to think is you're in their heads. Like, how do you know that? That's me. You're in my head, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that's easy, but it's worth it when you get it right. Mm. I, I've done several trainings and I feel like, oh, my God, have you been spying on me? And that's what you want to hear. No, not in a dodgy way. I'm not saying that like, <laughs> you know, in a good way. Like, it's, it's almost like you're in your head. So that's the first one, your core message. The other part to be more giraffe, yeah, you've got to invest in the skill set, whatever's right for you to stand out. You've got to dare to stand out, right? It's noisy. Everybody's online. Everybody's shouting. Think about it like that. Think about it like a really crowded marketplace. Two for a pound, two for a pound. Everyone's screaming, two for a pound. How do you stand out? That's where the magic is, right? So actually, my next book is going to be all about this, right? Oh. But that's where you, you're going to be more giraffe. You need to think differently. You know, if everyone's shouting, how do you rise above the noise without shouting louder? How do you grab attention in a way that is going to attract your ideal client, but not in a screamy, vanilla-y way? So that's the other thing to think about. The other way to do it is, you know, is to speak in the correct places, to speak in front of the right audiences so your messaging lands in front of the right people. Again, yeah. so, you know, you choose right? You wouldn't go home with every person you date, would you? No. So you don't jump on every stage you're offered, right? Um, and, and that's the other thing. I mean, it's okay when you're getting going to build up the hours. And we do say something like stage time is wealth time, stage time, of course. 
But you get to the point where you need to stop kissing frogs and hoping they're going to turn into a prince or a princess, right? You start to choose the frogs you kiss because uh, they're more likely to turn into a prince or a princess. You get quite good at streaming the frogs <laughs> that you're going to kiss. Do you know what I mean? So that's the other thing you really need to think about it. The other way to do it is is profile raising. You've got to think of your profile, how you're showing up. Perception matters as much as like, no, we're not materialistic. We live in a world where three seconds people have formed an opinion of you online, right? If you're that lucky. Google say, I came, I saw, I puked, I left, right? That's how long you have online to get some of the attention. Same with age, you've got about three seconds to, to grab their attention, then 30 seconds to maintain it, and then after that, it starts to loop. So that's some of the other ways you've got to be more giraffe. You've got to stand for something that matters, right? And I think that's where the shift in paradigm has also moved to purposeful profits, right? You've got to be purposeful with the profits you make. Do you want to attract millennials? Do you want to attract kind of, the generations that care, you need to care. You need yeah. to care, yeah. And, and so, yeah, that's that's how you be more giraffe. I, I kind of keep going off on the Jane. You keep inspiring these tandems in me. Like I haven't <laughs> been so like gone off on these tandems for ages. Normally, I'm really calculated. Oh myself. no, it's great. We're having a great chat, aren't we? Just it just well, feels like you and me, doesn't it? Talking. I mean, it does. I, it does. <laughs> and I love the comments Alex is saying. I like the yeah. like giraffe outfit. Someone asked me yesterday if I'm going to start merchandising. I'm like, not yet. If you know, if I get a thousand orders, I might start merchandising. You know, oh, be more giraffe be really merchandising. Yeah, you you know what? I'm just seeing it as a brand. You know, I used to run a brand identity company, and it yeah. just uh, flashed into my mind now the kind of be more giraffe uh, brand of furniture because I've actually got a really <laughs> really cool um, chair because I bought uh, some fantastic giraffe linen a long, long time ago, just because I loved it. And I thought, one day I'm going to find a place for that. And I covered this chair, this beautiful French chair with the giraffe linen. And, you know, actually giraffe can be, I mean, it can be all forms, can't it? It can be like a, you know, onesie, a, a sort of velour onesie, or it can be a <laughs> a kind of top quality uh, linen um, luxury chair covering. So I can Yeah, it can be, you know, sexy underwear giraffe underwear you know we can go with us an endless endless places we can go with a giraffe skirts, yeah mini skirt yeah you see yeah yeah quite sexy but i am seriously thinking of a giraffe pins like you own yourself a giraffe pin like yeah someone's more giraffe they get sent a giraffe pin so i'm thinking that in all seriousness um but no absolutely i think that i'm not you know getting into merchandising such a such a different field. I would be distracted. You know, yeah, I can definitely see the the really nice giraffe um, notepads with the giraffe pens. And look, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. I definitely think that's the way for well, one one possible route is merchandising the Be More Giraffe brand. Yeah, I think I think when 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 we're back out there and I'm doing big big, no, I don't need to be out there. But when we're, I'm back doing thousand people events again, I think that's yeah. where merchandise yeah. can kick in. Okay, okay. Like a rock star. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so, so Elliot, let's talk about what's happened to the speaking industry over the last year because it, it it's been a crazy time, hasn't it, for a, a lot of professional speakers. I mean, you're a professional speaker and all of a sudden with lockdown, uh, the rug was pulled under many professional speakers' feet. So how do professional speakers, how, how are they recovering and pivoting from what happened and is still happening 
I guess. It's a great question. So here's the thing. Um, it's like anything. If you move with the times, then you adapt, right? And I do know there was a lot of speakers that really struggled and they were hoping for things to go back to normal. What I did very quickly is, is move it online. I figured out how to deliver public speaking training online. <clears throat> What's happened to the industry is this. Actually, while we've gone virtual, it's opened up opportunities that otherwise wouldn't be there. So the earth is now flat, people. And I don't mean the conspiracy theory, right? I mean that you can do a talk in the morning in the UK, in the afternoon in the Middle East, and then in the evening in America. You still, there are a lot of paid speaking gigs out there. The difference is you don't charge for travel. So there's still companies that are paying for speaking gigs. But here's where things have changed. You must be tech savvy. There is no, there's no like plugging in headsets and speaking, go, hi, you know, they're not going to pay you 3,000 pounds with your headset on, right? You've got to be tech savvy. You've got to offer an experience to the people attending. So you've got to understand engagement, online engagement. You've got to be a great storyteller, right? That's the other way to be more giraffe. You've got to be a great storyteller. You need to be enrolling and you have to offer implementation. If you're only going to talk informa information, people switch off, they're, they're done, they, they can go on Clubhouse, they can go on YouTube, they can listen to podcasts, right? So the industry has gone virtual, but all that's really done is opened up more opportunity. And it's actually even the playing field because a lot of big speakers have had to come down. However, some of those big speakers have maintained the space that they were occupying because, and I want everybody to listen carefully, you get paid for expertise, not your presence or the time on stage. That is why you can still command fees when you're not traveling. So it's not, oh, you know, uh, but, you know, you're not traveling to us. Well, look, you're paying for what's up here, not for the flight, not for my presence. So if you still want this, I can communicate that through camera. The way the industry is going, so the speakers that got that and clocked that moved with the times. The people that didn't got left behind. And there were a lot of speakers that struggled with camera. <clears throat> um, oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah, loads of them. Because they're so used to the audience, they need the audience, they need the clap, they need that feel, they need that energy. You've got to adapt. The other thing is moving forwards is we're heading towards a hybrid model, right? So digital speaking is not going anywhere. In fact, I wrote an article about this in a magazine I'm a contributor for. Digital speaking is the way forward. Because here's what's going to happen. You are, events will open up, but there'll be social distance events, which means there'll be a small amount of people in the room. The reasons we're going to go to hybrid events <clears throat> is because in case we have to go into lockdown again, they don't have to cancel the event and lose the money, et cetera, et cetera. They just take out the physical attendance. So the more savvy you can become with speaking to camera, with becoming engaging, and technology has moved fast, far, far faster than it's ever moved um, when it comes to speaking, virtual summits, virtual seminars. And there are companies out there that literally train you how to deliver engaging experiences and virtual summits. Mm. You know, and that's the answer to your question. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's very much uh, what you were talking about. And I used to work in the theatre a long time ago, so I, uh, I I studied drama, so that was kind of part of my of my early life, if you like. But 
a lot of um, stage actors hated TV, for example. They would not want to go on TV because they love that buzz of the audience. And I completely understand that because there's something there's almost magical about about that collective vibe, isn't there, of people being in the room, whether it's a concert yeah. or a or a theatre play or a, a, a speaking gig or whatever. It, it is magic and it is special and it is different when it's delivered through a screen. Um, but um, there is also a special magic when you think about what we're doing here, when you think about the ease at which, with which people can come together and, you know, we came together at very short notice for tonight. And, you know, you're all the way down there in the West Country, aren't you? And I'm up mm -hmm. around London. And here we are sitting, you know, as if we were next to each other. Just, you know, we could be having a having a pint in the pub, couldn't we? If the pubs were open. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> We'd probably be having the same conversation, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. So it's just getting used to a new paradigm in a way, isn't it? It is. It's a new world. Um you know, there is no new normal. We're not going back to normal, that's for sure. There's just how things will pan out moving forwards. And the truth is nobody knows. Nobody knows. I was listening to some really big key expert investors who, who you know, massive hedge funds. And they, they, they their conclusion was we have enough data to know that we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and wow. that was their conclusion, right? Really? Yeah, that was their conclusion with the markets. That was their conclusion with the future, and that's a fact. Like that's that's a fact. Nobody knows. Like, of course, no one knows the future, but no one really knows because we've never really been here. Yeah. So, what you can do is equip yourself to be the best version of yourself in whatever circumstances. And you know what I, I've really, actually, really enjoyed is how I've been able to reach people that otherwise I wouldn't reach. I've been able to speak on stages I wouldn't otherwise speak. You know, I spoke in one Facebook group and there's 25,000 people in that group and a lot of them were watching in Pakistan. When would I ever do a, you know, a gig in Pakistan, right? It was great. I loved it. Um, and it, it was really nice. It's a little bit nerve-wracking to think there's that many people watching. But you know what? It wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened without the pandemic, right? I, I, yeah. Maybe then I had to fly me there. So it's quite, it's, it's a horrible situation we're in, but there's a lot of good. I mean, I can't put it, oh, so there's a lot of good that's come out of the pandemic. It's been a sucky situation, um, but a lot of good has come out. I mean, there's there's so many businesses that are thriving. Of course, there's a lot of businesses that are struggling. I mean, the speaking world has taken a battering because it's perceived as selling the dream. It's, it's a nice to have. It's not a must have. Mm. Uh, and I'm working very hard to change that perception because... One of the greatest ways you can generate leads is through speaking. You can spend £1,000 on lead generation. You can do one gig and generate leads. I'm like, why do people not get that? It's like, come on, people, wake up, smell the coffee beans. You know, one gig, you can get just as many leads as spending £1,000 on Facebook. Spend £1,000 with me instead of Facebook, and I'll help you generate leads. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it's about authority, isn't it? As well, if you're speaking, you're you're you know you're automatically elevated to a position of authority, aren't you? Uh, that, as you said, that is about being more giraffe, standing out, you know, from everybody else that's that's around, herding around you, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, exactly, and and it is about staking your claim, and it is about 
being brave, being bold, being different, but also using your voice for good. Like, you know, if you're going to speak, speak because you're going to do good in the world, not because you're going to manipulate people to spend money. That's not good. That's bad. Yeah, bad. I don't like that. No. <laughs> don't like that, no. Yeah. Um, so, Elliot, let's get on with, uh, with some advice and some tips for our listeners here. So I'd love to hear your three top tips uh, to be a confident and entertaining speaker. Okay. So one of the first things I will talk about when it's to be a confident and entertaining speaker. Number one, I think, no, I think, I know, you've got to have your pre-stage ritual, right? A lot of the problems is, um, and I've seen this offline as much as online, is people sit there and they let their nerves gather and then they go, and welcome Jane. And Right? So you need to have that kind of pre-stage ritual that grounds you that, you know, if I was doing a live event, an hour before I'd be getting myself ready and I've got a whole ritual, the whole thing that I do, that, that gets me ready. It's the same offline yeah, you need, to, but you need to prove them, like Jane says, establish some authority. Yes, of course you need to. Right. Um, so I have a pre-stage ritual is my first tip to get you into a great space. Right. The the other thing to be a confident and entertaining speaker is become great, become a great storyteller. Right. People remember far more information when it's conveyed through stories, mm. um, because we naturally talk in stories. Right, if you think that's the that's the biggest, that's the oldest way of communicating is through stories. Yeah, uh, and also we immediately immerse ourselves in the story unconsciously. You know, the reason we can, you know, start to cry or be blown away at the beginning of a film is because we immediately immerse into the, the the film. Same with the speaker. Become a great storyteller. Have your pre-stage ritual. Become a great storyteller. Is the other one. And the third one, I'm kind of in my head, there's a few flicking through, flicking through. I think the third one to becoming a confident and great speaker is to stand for something more than yourself on stage, mm -hmm. right? Make it about the audience. Make it about them. Make it about using your voice for good. Um, well, you can be a confident speaker and speak about yourself. Of course you can. That's not a lot of fun for the audience. Well, it's not very educational. Unless you've got a story of triumphant. But even then, the people that tell the story of, look, how I climbed Mount Everest with my left finger, uh, you know, and everything else tied up, is because they're imparting knowledge to enroll and empower the audience. Mm -hmm. They're the vehicle. And I think that's the third part, is to be about them. And if you're making about them, then your confidence will go up, but also... Because you're serving the audience, that will enhance your confidence and your entertainment value. Because if, if I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, this is about me, and I'm talking about me, and here I am about me, uh, and, and I'm not getting the response I need, I'm going in my head. I'm going, oh, my God, this isn't working out. I'm not doing a great job here. They're not liking me. But if I'm detached from that, I'm like, this is about them. This is about them having a great experience. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to, hey, yeah, boom, yeah, this is me. Woo-hoo. Yeah, tell some great stories. Then naturally, people will gravitate to you. And those are my top three tips. Amazing. I, I love those. Um, so, Elliot, uh, how important it is to be a comedian or have a sense of humour or be able to get, get an audience to laugh? Do you think that really matters or does it not? I think I think it's it's a nice to have, okay? And I want to say that, that 
there's a, by the way, there's a difference between a comedian and, and humor. Right. Mm. Obviously, a, a comedian makes people laugh, and that is all they do. They, you know, again, they spend all their time perfecting the art of making people laugh. You can be a speaker that uses humor, and that always has room, and that's always a great thing to do. What I don't want people to go away from this interview and think that they have to walk away and be funny and be humorous. If that's not your style, if that's not who you are, don't do it. Because all you're doing is going to put massive pressure on yourself. And then when it bombs, you're like, oh, my God, I'm terrible. I can't speak. Oh. You know, I tell jokes. And sometimes, Jane, people don't laugh. This is true. I, <laughs> I, I am shocked when that happens. But I move on very quickly because I accept that, A, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. B, I'm sometimes not funny. My wife never laughs at my jokes. <laughs> like, you know, how are we still married? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. But no, I'm not kidding about her laughing at my jokes. She doesn't. I think... <laughs> If you can naturally integrate humor or you're opening to learn that skill and bombing, then by all means. But if it's not your natural flow, if it's not your natural style, don't put that pressure on yourself. It adds, it's not essential. That's okay. Yes. I, I, I was remembering I used to go to this place called the Tunnel Club when I lived in London, which was a very, very hard place by the Dartford Tunnel. And they used to oh, yeah. have this kind of Sunday night, uh, you know, comedy club where they had all of these very, very kind of rough and ready sort of shady characters. And it was known as the toughest place in London to make it on stage. If you managed to make it to the end of the set as a comedian, then you'd really made it. And it's a very, very, uh, it's a very different thing, isn't it? But uh, it was fun. It was fun, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Alex, preparation is key. Absolutely. Practice, practice, prepare, prepare, prepare. And something I will say to that, by the way, Alex, is um, you need to prepare for what could go wrong just as much as you prepare for what could go right. And a lot of people prepare the talk, right? They, they practice the talk, but they don't prepare for the tough questions or they don't prepare for hecklers or they don't prepare for what happens if technology goes wrong. And I think that is so important. I just... Um, on Sunday, it's very rare I do a talk on Sunday, but last Sunday I did a talk for the Future Leaders Network yeah, uh, who are running the Y7, which is the G7 of the youth. And I did a, a whole talk about speaking, public speaking, and how to, you know, campaign. And mm -hmm. one thing I really want to get them to know is, uh, and take away was, you don't just prepare for the good stuff. Actually, you prepare far more for the bad stuff, the tough questions, the heckles, the 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 the, the the comeback that come at you when you're trying to do something great um and that that is key so i just want to add that yeah that that that's great and as i said i think that was the thing about about the comedy club it was really like the heckling so have you ever been heckled as a yes of course speaker? and and what sort of things have people has it, has, is there one example of of a heckle that has absolutely floored you and you've just think thought i don't know what to say to this but you've managed to come back from it um in fairness i haven't had a heckle that's floored me but i've had a couple that could um okay. I've, I've i've delivered a sales um pitch that floored me um but i didn't get heckled i just got a complete adverse reaction from the audience and i'll tell you about that in a minute if you want oh. um there were there are two that stand stand to mind and i used to run this big seminar called power to succeed it was two days it was free we used to get 100 150 sometimes 200 people i'll do every two months <clears throat> and one guy i remember him um 
huge send me these messages going, you know, Elliot, I'm known as the 50 ideas man. I can't wait to see your, your power to succeed. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. And um, he showed up and I, I, the second section I did was known as the judgment tunnel. So I got people to write judgments about themselves and then people walked through them listening to them. Right. So you imagine very impactful. And then when that finished, he was like, I don't think that what you're doing is right. And literally he's yelling it. I don't think this is the way to do things. The only reason I'm here is because this was free and Tony Robbins is 800 quid. And his name is David. And I, and I just, <clears throat> I stood on stage in, in what is known as majesty pose. And I just held my and I let, and let him live and let him go. And you can hear people like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, David, <clears throat> first of all, thank you so much for airing that. I think you've raised some great points. And this is where it comes back to when I used to practice for power to succeed, I used to practice heckles. And in my mind, I used to practice what's the worst thing people can chuck at me. And I used to practice responding, like to the wall. But I'd practice answering the back. So when that came at me, I was like, okay, David, here's the thing. You came to my event that I'm paying for. And I am putting on what has worked for me. Now, if that doesn't work for you, that's okay. The door's right there. Please don't waste your time, your time, my time, and anybody's time by being here. With all the love in the world, I love you for being in this room. So I wasn't hostile, I wasn't rude. With all the love in the world, the door's there. <clears throat> the fact you came here because it's free and Tony Robbins is 800 quid says a lot more about you than it does about me. Because again, this isn't free for me, it's free for you. So please, go home, start saving your pennies, and go to Tony Robbins. I never pretend to be Tony Robbins. I don't want to be Tony Robbins. So I have no interest in being Tony Robbins. So it's completely up to you. We're going to have a break now. If you don't come back, I wish you all the best in the world. And that's how I held that one. And actually people applaud. And like, wow. Wow. Great and response. Then, yeah, and again, that's because I really practiced that, being mm. heckled. The other one, again, very similar power to succeed. And um, there was this one person, she was just continuously uncomfortable. And I did an intervention. I don't do coaching anymore. It's not a space I'm in, but on this girl, her name was Kate. She was on stage. She was crying. Um, and then, you know, I brought her up. You know, it's really beautiful moments, breakthrough moments. She'd really, she'd suffered from depression from years. And finally, she found kind of this, this purpose and possess, and this girl stands up. She goes, "How can you do that to her? All you're doing is manipulating her. How can you do that in front of all these people? You're just using her to sell your products. It's disgusting. You talk about being more Hollywood, but yet you show Hollywood movies. You're a hypocrite." And all these people, are like, whoa! <laughs> and actually, what interestingly happened is, I'm okay, thank you. And and you know, Kate, she's seen that she's crying like she just out like this moment of joy for her and this girl's hijacking her oh. so i said all right I, I, first of all thank you again for, for sharing and i said can you tell me at what point you feel she was manipulated and she's like no no it's the whole thing i'm like kate at any point did you feel like you were manipulated did i force you in any way in front of hundreds of people to do go or say anything that you didn't no 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 no, no. do you feel in any way that there's been an attempt here to sell anything. And I turned to the, the girl and was like, can you tell me at what point I was selling something? She goes, the whole thing is a sales thing. I said, yes, the two days is a sales thing. Can you tell me in this, like the last 45 minutes, 
where I talked about money, her signing up. She goes, you didn't. I said, right. So where did I do that? She goes, no, the whole thing. I'm like, okay, you, you can't keep saying that because it's not the whole thing. We know the whole thing I'm going to be selling. I told you at the beginning I'll be selling. So it's not coming out of nowhere. So she's like, well, no. And it, at this point, the audience are turning on her. Oh, really? And they're jumping on her. And again, this is where you have to really facilitate a room. So I said, listen, yeah. guys, I appreciate you got my back, but let me manage this. Mm. So, and then I said, and again, very similar to what I said today, I said, listen, if you don't like how I'm doing things, if you feel in any way it's incongruent to your values, the door's there. Please go home, enjoy yourself. It's a beautiful day. Give yourself a pint. No one will resent you. I don't want you to be here unless you want to be here. Kate's just had an incredible breakthrough. I want her to enjoy that moment. If that in any way irks you, then leave. <clears throat> Ironically, she stayed for two days. She didn't wow. sign up, no. Didn't yeah. she? <laughs> oh, oh. Well, that, that's, it's, it's amazing, really, because as you said, when you're up there on stage, you, you have to, you are the leader, aren't you? And you have to manage the energy and the interactions in the room, I guess, because, you know, theoretically, you could end up with a fight on your hands, couldn't you? Or, exactly. Uh, I mean, I've, I've been in some situations. I remember when I did my my property training a couple of situations where people really started having a go at each other when they were in the audience because there was some real disagreements there and um, nobody else is going to resolve it but the speaker are they no and actually how you show up in those moments show who you really are as a speaker and as a leader yeah yeah and your ability to manage that calmly compassionately you know that will win you far more then, I mean, some, you know, once I chuck someone out, but it's only after it's like kept going. I said, listen, I'm going to make a decision for you. Leave. And it was like, right, uh, because I, I really did my best. And the other thing is once they left, it's not like I started bitching about them. I was like, they're gone. Let's move on. And like back to what we meant to do. And again, it will show a lot about you as a, as a leader in those moments yeah so i mean how how can you uh translate that um that sort of leadership uh and that preparation um in terms of the audience interaction into an online environment elliot so let's say if you're in a, a you know a, a room with a lot of a big audience and you're the speaker and how would you manage that in a sort of virtual setting that's where, you know, Alex said preparation is key. You need to you need to plan the engagement into your presentation. You need to know the technology. How do you do breakout rooms? Which platforms do have breakout rooms? Um, do you need to pull in facilitators to sit in on breakout rooms so things go smoothly? That's where you, you kind of your preparation, your planning into the experience you want to provide is key. So Twice a year, I do a training for a a, a branding agency. Actually, mm. creative they 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 work with creatives who want to break into the market. <clears throat> and part of what I teach them is a pitch, and then they have to deliver it. So of course, we go into breakout rooms. But what we arrange is for each breakout room to have a facilitator to make sure it goes smoothly, and so they don't just go off and talk about I don't know <clears throat> Nike's adverts. Um, and, you know, and again, what's the facilitator's guide? How do they need to facilitate? And all these things you need to think about, all these moving parts so they have a great experience. Uh, and that's where, again, the preparation is key. So 
you know, I know in summits, for example, when you join certain summits, you get like a, a, a participant pack, you get the hat, you get the signs, <clears throat> you get a little cocktail kit and, you know, rooms have names. And so when you think of it on, on that level and then, you know, you get people to hold out the signs like can't hear you or more volume, like there's various ways to participate and it becomes more of an experience. That's how you translate it. So you need to think that person sitting home how can they get the most out of it? Well, they need yeah. to feel like they're part of the community. T-shirts, hats, you know, even like the lanyards they used to get yeah. right, when you went to events. Send them that. Things yeah. like that, they all matter. That's how you take the experience yeah. to another level. Amazing, amazing. I love that. Um, so, Elliot, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been really, really strong interview. It's been so great, you know, to get your wisdom and experience so I'd love to you to tell our viewers and listeners um, before you leave, what's the best way to get hold of you? Okay. So I think that there's two ways. Um, so we just launched a fairly new Instagram handle, stand underscore out underscore academy. I mean, that's kind of where my most attention is right now. So feel free yeah. to follow us on there. Get in touch with me on there. Send me a DM, you know, send me a giraffe emoji. Um, and the other way, of course, if you go to the website, speakerexpress.co.uk, there's also a speaker assessment of how influential are you. So just click on that. It's, you know, speaker assessment. And then you literally get a personalized mark and an 18-page um, report, which gives loads of tips and advice wow. um, on how you can be more giraffe and how you can be more influential as a speaker. Um, so I think that's the best way. So my Instagram, stan underscore out underscore standout academy <laughs> that was it um and then the other one of course is uh, just go on the website speakerexpress.co.uk uh, click on the speaker assessment or if you want to email me just put hello and then at speakerexpress.co.uk best way to do that but more than anything go out there be seen be heard and always use your voice for good that's what i'm saying to you amazing well thank you very much again uh elliot and look forward to seeing you uh again very soon Tomorrow, in fact, I think. Tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay, Elliot. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Connector podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand. I'd love to connect with you on social media. And finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.